What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Brad Hawkins. Welcome to another AV Quickie. Also, just a reminder, if you like this episode, you can find more episodes at adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Videoland. We are critics with Attitude, which means this episode might contain explicit content. Anything goes when you're in Videoland. Sometimes you might get some inappropriate language, some locker room talk. So if you're easily offended, this might not be the podcast for you. All right, guys, let's start this review out talking about George A. Romero. I'm a big fan of George. I'm a big fan of his movies. I met George probably about uh, about a year before he passed away. And I remember him saying something that really stuck with me. I remember him saying that he didn't necessarily want to make horror movies. He wanted to talk about politics. And uh, nobody would listen to him. They wouldn't even greenlight his movies until he put zombies in the front and his political message in the back. You know, that's how he snuck in social criticism and social commentary. Like, you look back at Night of the Living Dead, a zombie movie from 1968 where our lead actor, the hero, was a black man who gets shot by a white guy after surviving the fucking apocalypse. It's one of my favorite endings of all time. It came out the same year Martin Luther King was assassinated. Dawn of the Dead is a commentary on consumerism with a black hero ahead of its time. Day of the Dead is a commentary on post-Vietnam. Even Land of the Dead, which I think is very underrated, not without its problems, is a commentary on post-9-11. And uh, even Dennis Hopper, he's doing his best Donald Trump impersonation like a decade before Trump became president. So some of the best zombie movies, the best Ramiro movies, pack a rich social commentary. That's how I like my zombie movies, all right? That's what I grew up on. I say all that to say this. Blood Quantum would put a Big smile on George A. Romero's face. By the way, I hate that fucking title. It sounds like a Walmart bargain bin Vin Diesel movie. It, it's a term that is actually pretty geeky. It has to do with native ancestry. It's clever, but it's still shitty. It sounds like a, a Walmart bargain bin movie. But Blood Quantum is a zombie movie that I honestly think would put um, a huge smile on Romero's face. I think it would get his seal of approval. And it sucks we'll never find out. Man, I would love to ask him in an interview, talk to him at a convention, or just and just pick his brain on this, because I really think that this is a movie that, that George would love. Um, let me read the, the plot synopsis from IMDb. The dead are coming back to life outside the isolated Native American reserve of Red Crow, but its indigenous inhabitants are strangely immune to the zombie plague. I love that hook, guys. Native Americans are immune to zombie bites, all right? But they're not immune to getting eaten alive. There's a scene that shows our main protagonist uh, with bite marks all over his body from head to toe. You know, he's out there. He's putting himself in the shit to protect his people, scavenging for food, doing um, apocalypse stuff, right? But he's immune to the disease because he's Native American. All of the zombies in this movie are white people. Like, dude, you can't miss the commentary. There's a scene where a horde of white zombies pull a Native American to pieces. Like, they pull him apart, like George A. Romero fashion. Have you ever been watching a movie or reading a book, and you're just like, man, I wish I would have came up with that idea. Blood Quantum is one of those ideas that I wish I would have came up with. Someone like Jordan Pill, they need to watch this movie. They need to remake this movie. Can you imagine a zombie movie where the only people that are immune to the virus are black people? Where white people are the fucking zombies? Like, set it in... In uh, 90s Brooklyn, the black neighborhoods of New York and Chicago are like the surviving hubs of America. Someone write that shit. Give me the phone. I need to call Spike Lee. 
It's such a fresh idea for a zombie movie. Now, I love the commentary on colonialism. I like the uh, the political punch. The political message makes an interesting movie, but it doesn't make a good movie. Unfortunately, I do have some criticisms. Um, it's kind of a mixed bag. The first half of this movie, I love. It's a nice throwback to Ramiro's movies. It takes place in 1981. Um, it takes place hours before the apocalypse. You get some world building. Uh, the opening credits even feels like something out of a Romero movie. We get some eerie Old Testament scripture, and I love the opening scenes. The movie starts with a fisherman. He's bringing in his catch for the day, and after he's gutted the fish, they're still flopping around. Our main protagonist, he finds his ex-wife's dog. It's dead. It comes back to life, and that's how the movie starts to build its world, and that's what catapults us into the zombie apocalypse. Now, the second half of the movie takes us six months into the apocalypse. And that's where this movie starts getting really shaky, guys. I think the biggest mistake is the script starts focusing on and concentrating on our lead protagonist's broken family. We get a little bit of it in the first half, but the second half, oh my god, man. Our main protagonist has two sons that are probably, I'd say early 20s, and they are so fucking annoying. When the movie starts focusing on them, you do not give a shit. Especially one of the kids. The troublemaker kid, his name is Lysol, if that tells you anything, all right? Lysol has daddy issues. He's an alcoholic, druggy dick. He's a dick. One of the most annoying characters ever in a zombie movie. He just wants to burn everything down to the ground. Imagine Night of the Living Dead, all right? And one of the main characters is this rebellious punk kid who is anti-everyone, anti-everything, who just, he just wants to drink and fuck and do drugs and wants to fight everyone all the time. It's fucking annoying, all right? Imagine being stuck with a punk kid in the mall in Dawn of the Dead with some rebellious kid who just ruins everyone's plans, gets everyone killed. He's just a total dick. He's uncontrollable. An uncontrollable dick, all right? I wish this movie would have focused on the elders of the tribe, maybe a beef with one of the white survivors. You know, put even more emphasis on the racial divide. Concentrate on the uh, the commentary. But we're forced to spend so much time with these two kids. I don't I just don't give a shit. I don't want to spend time with fucking Lysol. All right? The second half of this movie really brings down my just my overall score quite a bit. But I will say uh, the rest of the cast was really good. The main protagonist, played by Michael Grayeyes. I thought he was great. He plays the uh, reservation sheriff. Um, I've never seen him before in anything, but I thought he did a great job with the role. There's there's something about the way that he carries himself, where he just feels like a natural-born leader. So I really appreciated his casting. The rest of the movie um, was filled out with one-note characters, uh, mostly some of the other members of the tribe, who they, they're kind of part of the sheriff's posse. Pretty thin characters, but they fit the world. And sometimes, guys, that's all I want. I just want people to look the part. Um, the sheriff's dad is another great character. Pretty badass. Um, an older guy who just walks around with a samurai sword. Kind of a no-nonsense guy, but uh, he gets the job done. I liked his character quite a bit. Uh, so I wish this movie would have focused on the sheriff, his tribe, his dad, and just didn't concentrate on the two sons as much. Um, another negative would be that the zombies run. They don't walk. I prefer walkers. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I like running zombies enough. You know, I, I'm a big fan of 28 Days Later. It doesn't hurt the movie. It's just my preference. I think with walkers, you get um, a little cocky because you think you can get away. Um, you take more chances and then you get killed. Um, so I prefer uh, walkers over runners. Um, but, you know, didn't kill the movie. I'll let that slide. 
Um, also, there's a few times in the movie they try and use cool new words to describe the dead. Like, I thought it just fell flat. Like, I, I think they call them Zeds. Just call them fucking zombies, you know? Um, they threw some other lingo out there, and it just seemed kind of forced. Uh, there's also some animated sequences that didn't work for me. I think there's three or four animated sequences. Almost seemed like an afterthought. Like, they were just tacked on afterwards. But some other positives um, I have, though, is I think this movie had... I think they had like a $4 million budget, so really tight budget, but the money is on screen, especially when talking about world building and practical effects. The practical effects are pretty impressive, guys, um, especially considering a $4 million budget. Uh, the gore is on the screen. There's plenty of great kills. Um, if you're a, a gore hound man and you want some good kills, there's some, uh, there's some great zombie kills. The zombie kills look great. The zombies look great. There's a few CGI kills. Ugh. God damn it, why? One in particular, all right, towards the end, a samurai sword to the head, where I'm just like, what the fuck, man? What are you doing? Just shoot it from a different angle. There's other options, or just go with an entirely different kill. You don't need shitty and expensive CG. You're doing so great with your practical effects. Don't fuck it up with the CG, you know? But with that said, I thought the gore and the practical effects were really well done. Just a few bad CGI shots. And the runtime, guys. It's only like an hour and a half, so it doesn't take too much of your time. Um, I had a hard time rating this one. Let me pull up some scores here, give you an idea what other people are thinking about it. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 90%. The viewer scores at 47. Let's see, IMDB here has it at 5.5 out of 10. Metacritic has it at 63%. It's literally all over the place, guys. 90% Rotten Tomatoes to 5.5 out of 10 on IMDB. That's all over the place. I think I'm going to give it... I think I'm going to give it 3 out of 5 stars. That's good. I might be able to get to a 3.5 because, I, guys, I honestly can't get this movie out of my head. I've been thinking about it constantly. Uh, maybe with another watch, Lysol and uh, the two brothers, maybe they won't be as in-your-face, as irritating. Um, so I'd like to watch it again. I really did enjoy it, guys. I, it feels like a Romero movie in a lot of ways. Uh, but that fucking Lysol kid. Right now he's keeping me at a 3 out of 5. <laughs> he's even on the fucking box art, which pisses me off. Why do you gotta put the worst character on the cover of your movie? Uh, overall, when this movie works, guys, it works really well. So it's a shame when it kind of goes off the rails and into the woods. Um, Again, it's only an hour and a half, so if you're a Ramiro fan... Give it a shot. I actually did this review um, to highlight it for you Romero fans. Especially if you're looking for a new zombie movie leading up to Halloween. You know, currently a lot of people are talking about Hashtag Alone. I think Blood Quantum is the zombie movie people need to be talking about. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, guys, those are my quick thoughts. I hope you enjoyed this quickie as much as I did. Let me know if you agree or disagree in the comment section of this episode. What's your opinion? Is Blood Quantum a good zombie movie? Is it great? Would Romero be proud? Anyway, guys, let me know what you think. Thanks for going on this adventure with me. You can find me on adventuresinvideoland.com. I'm on Instagram. But the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, my good people, stay scared. Yeah.